Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Hey ladies, the HA Society is reopening again soon. We open every month, once a month for like three days. So if you want in this month, come and get it. Make sure you join the waitlist, waitlist.thehasociety.com or the link is in the show notes. What we have going on there is awesome. We do two community calls a week we are coaching on all kinds of topics you guys get to submit what you want to talk about so we make sure it's always really relevant to you we have as well I'm not the only coach we have Ashley my amazing co-coach so it's not just me in your ears all of the time even though I know that you would love that and all of the girls in there are incredible. I know some of you guys are listening. I love all of you. I would shout you out by name, but it would take a really long time. I really think that joining the HA Society is a huge opportunity for you. If you are binging this podcast and every other podcast, looking for answers and the support that you need, and looking for someone to confirm that what you've got going on is HA, that is why we're here. Come on in. Tell us your life story. Let's lay it out on the table. Let's get absolutely confident this is what's going on. You can post on the message board as much as you'd like. Meet all of the peeps you want. Come to all the community calls and events that your heart desires. We have so many awesome practitioners and experts coming in at the moment sharing events and presentations to help educate you more on HA and get a lot more confident about 
what you're doing. And not only that, but we have a ton of um, availability or like accessibility to coaching. So if you have a question that you want to keep private, that you want to get help with from me or one of the other coaches inside of the HA Society, you can do that. We have a DMs, a DM portal. So we're always chatting with the girls in there. They're sending me their cycle charts, those that are waiting on um, second periods. They're asking questions. They're looking for support after bad days, looking to celebrate after good days. It's really exactly the kind of space that you need if you're going through HA recovery alone. So I'm psyched. As you can tell, this is my absolute baby. I'm in there all day, every day chatting with women, and I would love you to be one of those. So head on down, join the waitlist. We open on the 11th, not far away at all. And I will see you there when it opens. Waitlist.thehasociety.com. Go. Pause this episode. Do it. Let's roll. Okay, great. Now we can listen to the episode. P.S. Sorry about my audio quality in this call today. I just, I was literally talking into a microphone that was just not plugged in and my computer was recording audio. This happens to me sometimes. Uh, That's what happens when you're a one woman show. You just drop the ball, but you guys are good. You've got me. You get me. Hey guys, and welcome back to the AJ Podcast. I'm here with my partner in crime, Ashley Smith. Hey, hey. Today we're talking about pregnancy. Yes, we're talking um, about your pregnancy. <laughs> you we are. Pregnant. From HA to getting pregnant. The daily story. The daily story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I guess the goal is so that people can get an idea of what it could look like for some people. Absolutely. Um, well, think about everyone's story is like unique. Yes, like it's kind of the same process, but how we all get there is different. So I think your story yeah. is super um, encouraging and kind of different because uh, you kind of went through a little bit of a journey of tracking your cycle. Yeah. So there's like so many people kind of just, they, they try to get their period back to get pregnant. And so they just get pregnant straight away. Mm-hmm. But I kind of went like the slow route where I got my period and then I had it for a certain amount of time and then I was ready to have um to try and get pregnant because I was tracking my cycle I learned a lot about it and how to get pregnant and found I had some obstacles I had to I had to overcome with like the quality of my cycle yeah in order to get pregnant yeah I think it's super important okay so how long did you have your cycle before you decided to start trying to have kids in total including a two months where I did miss a period mm-hmm. um about eight months yeah so I mean that's about like a good a good time to like really just get mm-hmm. the flow and actually really learning to keep your period right yes I definitely learned a lot because of it I'm going to be really confident getting my period back after and I think that's so important not that it's bad to get pregnant on your first um cycle you're just less confident right it's just kind of like oh okay so I still have to kind of like work through this after I deliver after Mm -hmm. breastfeeding you know so you get to have this confidence um actually I have a quick question Mm -hmm. like do you think that having that much time and working through um the changes of your body composition through HA is going to allow you to like navigate the changes that your body will go through with pregnancy with a little bit more, maybe understanding a little bit more kindness, a little more grace or like, what do you think? Yeah. And I think that you could probably also answer this question. Um, I was talking about this this morning on someone else's podcast Uh that I think because of this process, I am so much more ready for what it's going to feel like to see a different body suddenly. Um, Huge totally like mentally like huge like you know um Mm -hmm. because I think that's kind of a taboo topic that most pregnant women probably don't talk about is the struggle of how their body changes and the shame if it doesn't just go back to the way it was yeah or this yeah or just 
how fast it changes, right? Mm. <laughs> like I know like a lot of uh, clients of mine will get caught off guard on how fast their body's changing. But when you've been through HA, you're like, yeah, I've seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah, you like you were so afraid when you go into um, HA recovery of like waking and what's what's going to happen, undoing all of your hard work, blah, blah, blah. It's much easier now to surrender to it. It is definitely scary. Like you're pregnant and suddenly you're bloated and you're putting on this weight and you're really, really freaking hungry sometimes I was I know you were like I will happily never eat again but um I just only like want to eat so much food and that is like if I got pregnant from the place I was in prior I would have so much shame around wanting to eat more I would have so much shame around um basically the miraculous weight gain that happens when you get pregnant, like I just, I think that, um, I think that it's huge and so many people are unprepared. Yeah. Or just even the acceptance of gaining weight and eating more, you know, even though most people logically know that this is what is going to happen and has to happen. It's part of the process, but to actually walk through it. So almost like with AJ, it's just kind of like this massive trial run of walking through it and working it out to the point where you get to this point. So I just want to go on a whole bunch of tangents. Um, I just want to interview you, Danny. <laughs> um, when it comes to your nutrition, like, do you, do you feel like the time that you spent taking time away from tracking and really working on intuitive eating during those eight months has like allowed you to be not quote unquote successful, but just to, I guess, navigate what does it look like to honor my hunger cues now Mm. yeah probably more so like yeah I'm way more aware of the fact that I'm genuinely craving this food um my body's specifically asking for this food I think that that's where it comes from you get when you go through that time you kind of really get to practice that time of getting your period back stopping tracking food calories that kind of thing you get to really like ask yourself and go internal for a bit and be like what do I really feel like right now because anything's up for grabs I'm no longer limited to these like low fat options or whatever and when the world becomes your oyster and you have all these decisions you kind of you kind of have to learn to like figure out what you really feel like eating and it's like it's really very simple once you've done the work right yeah I mean I think I naturally thought that I wanted to have this like like I had this ridiculous idea deep when I was like in the dieting world of Mm -hmm. this is what my fit pregnancy is going to look like and you know all these things right (laughs) nothing like it And, and I'm like oh thank goodness because that would have been a disaster mentally emotionally physically you know what I mean because I, I, without mm-hmm. even knowing it I had put what a fit pregnancy or um or just even what a healthy pregnancy mm-hmm. should look like so I had already put myself yeah. in a box before I had even gotten there oh yeah like and and I I gained no weight but I have this perfect little bump at the front and yeah. it's high up and <laughs> it just, like all these weird stuff that you that you put on yourself Totally. Yeah. Totally. So Um, going off on that tangent, do you think that there's any body, um, body image things that are coming up for you now that probably maybe like shock you? You're like, oh, I didn't expect to kind of like deal with this. I don't think anything's shocking me. (laughs) Uh, No, but definitely it's there like I am catching myself wanting to look in the mirror a bit more and be like what's changed um and just you know keeping a really keen eye on it and and I don't like that I'm doing that but Mm -hmm. I can see that I'm doing that I think like that's just the biggest difference those thought processes are kind of there and I feel like 
they might always be there because they've been there for a really long time. But there was a time where it would never be followed up by a, you're having one of those thoughts, like time to time to reach into your toolbox and use whatever you need to to move on with your day and like disrupt that thought pattern. Like there was a time where that thought pattern would spiral me into a rage and just like, oh, just so many tears. I would get so upset. I had no tools. Mm. Um, but yeah, now, you know, that voice of like, oh, you're not going to, probably not going to be like that, mom. Or, oh, you're probably going to end up, um, I know this is like such a bad thought, but this is just the shit that comes up in our head. So, um, you know, like, oh, what if you end up looking like your mom after all? Like, yeah. that is a fucking huge one for me. And I just have to just lean on everything that I have now to um, disrupt it. And it's so helpful. It's I have not dwelled on one of those thoughts for more than a couple of seconds before just being like, you're having a goddamn baby. <laughs> like, you're right. having a baby. Your body's going to change. This is part of it. Nothing stays the same. You can't expect things to stay the same. Why would every single thing in the world change season to season and you stay exactly the same all the time? So, yeah. No, but I think that's so real because I think also sometimes with pregnancy, like we kind of think that it's just this transformation of our body and what our body's able to do. And it, um, and I think if we really get honest, there's a lot of transformation that happens mentally, emotionally, like, uh, just like spiritually like just this whole transformation and and transformation doesn't come without working through like insane thoughts yeah so that's it I'm like still in the middle of it (laughs) yeah or just noticing them and letting them go being like actually have Mm -hmm. the option to not pull that one down and wrestle Mm -hmm. with it (laughs) like I'm gonna let that crazy one go (laughs) (laughs) because I already know that that's not actually what I truly believe or think that was just an insane thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sorry for all the side tangents, but. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's interesting stuff. I haven't thought about it much yet. So I like that. Um, so I kind of want to like talk about your cycles. Um, Cause I know that as you started to track them, you kind of noticed that like, like sometimes we think, okay, we're going to recover and then we're just going to have these beautiful cycles right after and they're going to be perfect and boom. So I just kind of want to talk about what were some of the bumps in the road with your cycles that really required you to do some fine tuning? Yeah, I love this. People have heard me talk about it a lot. Like you don't just get your period back necessarily and then happy days. (laughs) You can totally have a period that's like, and ovulatory mm-hmm. or all over the place or you could have you know really terrible PMS or you could have really short cycles so I really believe in tracking your cycle and just learning about it and where it's at and what its tendencies are don't think you have to do it forever if you don't want to um, although it's a great option for contraception and good stuff like that but I started doing it um, and at first my cycles made no sense. Like, you know, I was, I learned all about it. You see these like stable pre-ovulatory temperatures in the follicular phase. Then you'll see this clear and obvious spike is how it's described. It's clear and obvious apparently. <laughs> and then, then you have these post-ovulatory um, temperatures and then they, they stay up there for three or more days. And then it falls and you bleed and it's and you get mucus and, and the mucus shows you that your fertile window's open and it's like so straightforward <laughs> um and just none of that was happening I was like there's like patches of mucus, cervical mucus over here and cervical mucus over there and all my temperatures are just low or lower like what the hell and i like, is that a spike? Is that a temperature spike? No, I don't know. It's, it's only really like one degree higher than the last highest the clear, one. Like it's the clear. Yeah. Spike. I'm like, it's, it's not clear and obvious. So all, 
over the joint. I have one chart that I always think is so funny because it looks upside down. <laughs> I'm going, I'm ha- I'm I'm sorry to anyone who doesn't chart and doesn't understand this, which is probably a lot of you, but listen back when you do start charting because it's really funny. It's but I have so one it's so real. Where like all of the um the pre-ovulatory temperatures are kind of fine and then they drop lower. And so it looks <laughs> it looks like an upside down chart. And if, if I, I'm like, well, if I flip it over, <laughs> it looks really good. There's that clear, there's that clear spike, but I think I got exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of a lot of people listening really don't know what we're talking about. And truthfully, like, I didn't start, I didn't bother to start to learn about period tracking until I got my first period, and I think that that's perfectly valid. Yeah, I not didn't probably hurt. recommended. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I tried before and then, I mean, like, I guess I'm glad I tried before because mine looked like a sawtooth. And then mm-hmm. I was listening to this hormonal, uh, it was a great like webinar, like, I don't know, like 30 doctors. And there was this one on fertility. And I was like, I'm not even trying to get pregnant, but let me just listen to this. Mm-hmm. They're talking about periods and stuff like that. And then they're like, if your temperature or if your chart looks like a sawtooth, there's definitely something wrong. And I was like, Oh snap! No, I've yeah. never seen that before. I have that, and so that's when I was like, "Oh, I really need to get help." Yeah, but but then Super I helpful. stopped, and and then once and once I got my first cycle, then that's when I started tracking again. So everything that you're talking about totally makes sense. But I did yeah. an app, you know what I mean, so that like it would chart it for me. But no, definitely, I'm like, is that is that a spike, or is it just because I measured an hour later? Like, did I even see the temperature properly? Because you're always, like, taking it, like, in the morning, like, half awake. (laughs) You know what I mean? Type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. And so for those of you who are wondering, um, what happens is you check your temperature every single day, ideally at the same time, hold your thermometer in your mouth for a certain period of time to make sure it's consistent, and you track that temperature. And you're looking for a really significant rise in your temperature to signify ovulation has already happened. Like it just happened yesterday. Um, and that it stays high enough to confirm that it was a successful ovulation. And then if you're going to bleed, it will drop back down. And if you're pregnant, it will stay high and rise higher. And then whilst you're tracking your temperatures, you're also looking for physical signs. Some people literally check their cervix um pop their finger in and see because it moves inside of your body I can never tell so I just I'm just not doing that yeah yeah I, was <laughs> I didn't need like, to do that yeah I was like I think I got enough signs and hey to like anybody that's all about it more to I was just like I don't even know what I think I had to spend a lot of time with my finger up there to know a difference whether like where my cervix is type of thing. I know. It was just <laughs> but, it's like, and the the way it's described is like, it sounds like a tiny little anus. And I just like, don't <laughs> want to touch it. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't want to touch, touch my cervix. I'm sorry. I, anyways, it's like totally you all do you yeah I just didn't didn't need to I was like I will lean on that tool if none of this is working right, right. <laughs> but I, mean, I didn't need the it temperatures and the cervical like mucus like I was like I think I got enough information kind of going yeah. on and not that like, totally. I'm like ashamed of my body or don't want to explore my body I was like I just don't need to track everything known to mankind like, exactly and I that one's just it. actually the biggest pain in the butt like yeah. it's just like because I don't you know, know what I'm shower, doing you got to make sure your fingers super clean like I just eh. <laughs> Like so a, yeah like I'm good where, so where's the thermometer like I'm good with and then with mucus you're looking for basically if you the rule is if you see mucus you're in your fertile window and then there's like different descriptions of mucus that some is more it's not like more fertile than the other is like if you're fertile you're fertile but I would say that clear egg white mucus is when you're closest to ovulation, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and so people would just like for ease of description say it's more fertile. But when that's happening, you're a few days out from ovulation. It's imminent. It's coming. It's happening. Except that's only in a perfect world. And for many of us post-HA, our bodies might bleed, but they're not necessarily ovulating, which means – so I used all of these signs to see if I – was actually ovulating or if I was just 
getting a bleed, which is an anovulatory cycle. Mm. And of the whole thing with HA, right, all of the stuff that you're hearing about, like the value of having your period, most of it comes down, it's more the, the value of ovulating. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like that is the actual goal. The period is just like the physical sign mm-hmm. that we can see technically yeah you know what I mean? so when you see blood in your underwear and you're like oh yeah it finally happens like I got my period today it's like actually no the thing that happened for you was somewhere between like yeah yeah, between two weeks ago and like in my case six days but we'll get that so I was tracking that and none of it was adding up I had mucus here mucus there temperatures made no sense um I tried checking my cervix every now and then I'm like I just like don't know what this is saying to me so I, I, but I persevered knowing like I, I have been told many times it starts to make sense. You just need to give it a few charts. Like your first chart, your first two charts are going to be trash, which is such a weird thing. Like they shouldn't be, but they are. So, um, and, and on the fourth cycle, it made sense, mm. but here's the thing. Um, so I realized that those last cycles, those first ones, they were anovulatory. Mm. I saw mucus everywhere. I saw rises and falls in my temperature, nothing to confirm ovulation. And um, and the, the, the dates were all over the place. So I, I just gave it time, however, which is something I, which is why I, I think it's really important to be patient and not jump the gun when you get your first period. It's like your body's still trying to figure stuff out. I was patient and let it sort itself out. And eventually I was seeing, um, you know, consistent mucus patches. One rise, it was really clear when I ovulated. But this time, my luteal phase, the amount of time after I ovulate was only six days, which is really low. really excited about this project I have been working on for weeks. I think it's awesome and I think it's just what you need, which I know it is because I've been polling, asking questions and understanding what do you guys need from me. So I'm I'm so psyched about this. On April 27th, I am holding a live seven-day recovery commitment challenge. I know that committing to actually make the changes and getting the tools that you need to stick with the changes is really tough. And that's why I want you to do these two things. I want you to sign up for this challenge today and I want you to put it in your calendar so that you are ready. I want you to make that first step to commitment to prove to yourself that you can absolutely do this. I want you to do it so that you have a 100% start date so that you know that once we begin on the 27th, we are definitely doing this. No take backsies. This challenge is going to be you and me and the other amazing women who join the call meeting every single day for seven days. And we're going to cover why your period's missing and how you're going to figure out your unique plan to get it back. We're going to go over building solid, healthy meals to ensure that you are getting all of the nutrition that you need. We're going to talk about seeking support from medical professionals, partners, family, and friends. And we're going to talk exercise, of course, reducing or fully eliminating exercise. Which one's for you? How do we bring exercise back into our life? Do I even want to bring exercise back into our life? All of those questions, we're going to go over that. We're going to look at your lifestyle, the daily routine, the life stresses. Where can we find room for improvement that you're missing? And we're going to cover mindset shifts, the ones that are really going to get you across the line and get that period back. The real mindset shifts, no fluff here. And lastly, we're going to cover recovery troubleshooting. So when you're doing all the things and they're not working, We're going to talk about what to do next, what to look at next, and we're going to do Q&A. So you can bring all of your questions and answers. So in this seven days, you're going to cover a lot of things and you're going to gain a whole lot of knowledge. And we're going to have a special guest on the final day to help you go in depth on the mindset tactics that we talk about and 
She's going to do the Q&A with me. This guest is Meg Dole. She's a registered nutritionist, spiritual coach, creator of the Back Home to You program, and of course, the amazing host of, you know, sister podcast, friend of the show, The Unbreakable You. So before we meet on each call, you're going to have a quick one-page workbook to fill out so that you're prepared and really absorbing the material that we go through. This is not a multi-week get your period back program. This is a seven-day intense, you know what you need to do. So let's do this challenge. (laughs) And yes, I promise we're going to talk about food and exercise and eating enough. And I will answer any and all questions, concerns, negotiations that you want to try and make on those things. And we're going to create action plans that help you have quick wins and make leaps and bounds of progress so real talk at this moment if you have ever heard me talking on the podcast about aj and you felt like danny is in my head because i am i am you absolutely and you need to join this challenge if you resonate with the things that we talk about on this show I'll be talking directly with you and you'll absolutely get face-to-face time with me and you can even email me in between calls with questions. I want to make sure that you are making progress in this seven days. So we'll uncover your insecurities, we'll work through them and get you committed to sticking to the plan. So are you ready? If you're thinking, no, I don't think so, and then you're just going to go back to pondering if you'll ever get your period back or if HA is even your problem. And then you go and find the next podcast episode to listen to or the next Instagram account to scroll through looking for answers. I just, I'm going to need you to stop. I'm going to need you to stop. Take a breath. Why in the world would you not do this with me? I am definitely talking to you. It's only one week. And yes, there are replays. So if you miss a call or you're in a, a time zone that's just not going to match up, we have you covered there. So what are you waiting for? Join the challenge at challenge.thehasociety.com or head to the link in the show notes of this episode. That's challenge.thehasociety.com. dive more into this because a part of these like can there be outliers you I don't know like, oh 100% because I I actually thought it was 10 days but I think that might have been mine I think I think mine was 10 days but mine was mm. consistently 10 days and so I think that's why they say like nobody has a perfect 28 day cycle and that there's right. always going to be you know like variations and stuff um but yeah yeah. So, but either way, either outside, you know, like six days is tends to be like a short one. Super short. So Super short. Did those ones start popping up. Was that like your yeah. third and fourth cycle or was that after? So that, that like that final, f- the first time I saw a clear shift, like a clear ovulation, I also saw a short luteal phase. So, so that was like the fourth cycle. Fourth cycle. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, it literally took you four months to finally probably even ovulate after getting your first potentially yeah 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 I had had a couple I had had a couple periods before I started to track Mm -hmm. um but they were probably the same you know who knows but they were probably the same and and at that point so at the fifth sixth cycle uh Jake and I had started trying and I uh we weren't trying crazy hard like you know when people are trying super hard they have sex like every day every two days We just had sex, like, one time, like you did, um, inside of each ovulation window, like, one, maybe two times, and nothing happened. And so I wasn't like, oh, what's wrong with me? Because it's like, you had sex one time, like, (laughs) chill out. But at the same time, I was like, but I know that if everything is aligned how it should, Mm -hmm. this should work. You know, this this is how this works, like, kind of, kind of is. And... So I was like, I think I need to get these these short luteal phases situated out. This needs to be corrected. Um, and so I really assessed uh, my lifestyle at the time. Like, what am I doing now? 
that's contributing to this like this short luteal phase it's kind of like HA recovery it's very similar it's like what are you doing that's stressing your body out and not allowing the uterine lining to build up and hold and progesterone to stay high enough in order for implantation to happen why does your body not want that to happen and I just kind of realized I was like I'm getting I'm literally not eating breakfast till like 10 and sometimes I go for like a mile or two walk before and I drink a fair bit of coffee like there are these there were these things it was like hmm, what would happen if I was super diligent about that so I, I started having breakfast around 7 a.m making sure I didn't miss that I'm um, making sure I ate before I did any kind of exercise just being aware I was already not exercising that much but just like keeping on top of that and uh, I think those were really the main changes and just like being more mindful of my caffeine consumption and just like how good nutritious my meals were. And that cycle got pregnant. And that's why I also just really think it should work if everything's operating. Right. Which is so interesting because um, you're right. I think after going through HA, like you're able to be like, like, like you skip that phase of I know plenty of women who don't eat breakfast till 10 why do I have to eat breakfast at 7 or you know like mm. you know, like we're just able to be super honest with ourselves like okay I probably like even though it's just a walk I should probably eat before my walk because clearly my body is giving me signs that it's not as happy as it could be yep basically you know I mean but mm-hmm. you know like um I think sometimes like whenever we don't go through the process of really working through the mental, the emotional, having the time to have a couple of cycles and stuff like that, that it's easy um, to say, maybe it's something else. Maybe like there's, maybe there's something wrong with my body rather than like, there's a tweak I need to make in my habits. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? To where that's all it was, was a tweak in my habits. It's like, it's not me. I'm not broken. I'm not having this like, breakdown about how this isn't working for me and it works for everything everyone else yeah I just ate breakfast earlier right and so think about like just like small tweaks like that really do you know what I mean not saying that everyone eating breakfast that's going to solve your fertility problems but like before we assume our body is broken like are we doing Mm. everything that we can yes totally or we assume that like it's just not working type thing yeah Because I don't want to discount, of course, there are people who are doing that stuff and struggling. Like, uh, people are just, they're actually dealing with chronic stress. They're actually dealing with mold in their house they don't even know about. Mm -hmm. Like, there's all kinds of reasons. And yeah, me saying everyone should go have breakfast to get pregnant is, like, not the title of this podcast. (laughs) Um, No, sir. (laughs) However, a lot of people trying to get their period back and stuff, like, there actually are a lot of you listening where that is actually a key player. Well, yeah. You are still skipping breakfast. Well, because think about it. I mean, really, it's like the deficit from sleeping. It's then like the deficit of even just walking. And and so it's just like the energy that's available, not like, you know what I mean? So just going through these pockets of like... The micro deficits. Yeah. You know what I mean? To some people, that does impact. So, I mean, I think that's just really cool that... Um, and you were just able to be like, okay, but what am I actually doing? And like, where can I even level up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, habits. Where, like, where can I level up my habits before I go down this like spiral of I can't get pregnant type of thing? Yeah. Which, you know, we just, that's all we are. Can, you can ask anyone to do before then going to rely on fertility treatments and getting, you know, tons of specialists like prior to that. There's a lot of little things that you can check off. Caffeine consumption. Are you fasting? Are you working out um, a, like a bit more than you probably should be right now? Like there's just these little tiny things you can do that can make a huge difference for their masses. And you're not going to regret having ruled those things out. Totally. And even for you, I remember you saying that like you just actually weren't hungry in the morning. So it wasn't that yeah. you were like, I'm purposely restricting or I'm purposely skipping lunch or having a late 
breakfast it was more of like I'm actually really not hungry but then like I just eat massive dinners yeah I just eat huge <laughs> huge dinners and so in the morning I'm just like eh. so I I kind of did have to like eat breakfast when I didn't want it right right so just even like learning to trust your body that that's actually what it needed even if you didn't feel like you needed food you know what I mean totally that's and now that I'm pregnant I need food immediately. <laughs> and it's like yeah. so interesting. I'm like, is this just every, is this just my life on everything amplified? Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Someone just turn just turn the stereo up on me because like everything about pregnancy is me just amplified, except no coffee. That's weird. I just like I don't want any coffee. Um, that one just must have cancelled itself out. But, like, the, the foods I love, I just am thinking about nonstop. Like, there's, there's nothing super crazy. It's just this, like, super heightened desire for these things and wanting to eat earlier and more frequently. So a part of me is just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, no, I actually stopped wanting coffee too. I was just like, well, like, my nauseous, like, was so bad. But I was mm. just like, yeah, I actually just don't even want that, which was strange. I was like, I don't know what that's about who am I yeah who am I um okay so how did you tell Jake oh I um we have this white German shepherd husky her name is Jasmine and most nights we as a family we have dessert and so Jake and I have our like bowl of yogurt or ice cream or whatever and she comes into the kitchen with us and she brings her kong I think most people know what a Kong is. It's like this rubbery treat that you, uh, this rubbery toy you can insert treats in. And we always fill it with peanut butter for her. And she just loves it. Like every night she brings it in, carries it in, hands it to us. It's so cute. And I decided I wanted her to tell him. So I wrote it in a note and put it in her Kong so that when she carried it to him to ask for her dessert, he would have to take the note out so there he, he was like oh gets her kong he's like what well, getting the peanut butter he's like getting the um the knife out scooping it in it's taking forever um and he just he finally gets it and in the video it looks like he would he immediately knows what this is but it turns out he has no idea what's happening. He thinks I'm filming something for Instagram, like I'm just making some reel. I'm being in, he's all annoyed at me because I'm filming it. Um, but it was a good like way to it's just oh there's Danny filming shit again. So it's fine. But yeah, he and then he read the note and he was like, Ew. <laughs> he was like so confused. <gasps> he was so confused. But yeah. And then that was it. What's but I tested positive six yeah, days. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Okay, so when like when did you start? Okay, so just talk about that. So clearly, like you're like this is my ovulation window. You had mm-hmm. like, you had sex during your your little window, and then when were you like, you know, I think I'm curious, or I'm gonna start testing, or yeah, walk yeah. me through that whole thing. Because it was the first time that so so when you're trying to time sex for ovulation. You're kind of flying a little bit half blind. You don't know when you're going to ovulate. You can just tell that it's coming based on the signs um, of like cervical mucus. So we happened to time it. And then the next day I had a temperature spike and I was like, we had sex like the day I was like, I could have been, I could have ovulated like one hour later. Like, you know what I mean? Who knows? Right. And so I was just like, Oh my cool. So it was like, it was like the most fertile opportunity that I, that we'd had had sex in that, like, you know, perfectly placed. Yeah. In that like four months of trying sort of thing. So that was like my first thing. Um, and then I almost feel like that was all it was. I'm pretty sure because every cycle, my boobs hurt super bad and they grow really big. I'm like pregnant every month. Um, I'm just like, this is insane. So really, I think I just was super keen. And yeah, I just took a test. Like- I just took a test of six days like a psycho. But I was like, I was like, 
that's a, that is a line. And then I took two more and I was like, what the hell? I put one in water just to see what one in water looked like, just in case that's they were like really faulty. Good. I mean, I would have never thought about that. That's uh, you're like, yeah, just, I'm just like, like are they faulty? Positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did. And then that day I got into the doctor. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I think at day, day seven, I got into the doctor and I was like, I was like, it's day seven. I'm at the doctor. I'm like, give me blood tests. She That day I have blood tests and I go back um, two days later. So the blood tests two days apart and they check your HCG levels, which is a hormone that you that only starts to produce and rise when you're pregnant. Um, and if you can see over like 72 hours that it's risen significantly, like over doubled or whatever, uh, pregnant (laughs) there's like no other disease that causes that so that's what I did and she just messed tech uh, emailed me and she was like they're all rising as they should be start taking a prenatal and I was just like so by um by nine DPO it was like confirmed (laughs) which is so early most people aren't even allowed to take their first test at until like I don't know 11 days DPO I only took mine, uh, like, the day after, like, I missed my, like, period. Yeah, well, because you're a different situation. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was not. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah, talk about knowing early. Did that scare you to know early? <laughs> no. I was like, fuck, yeah. Part of, I, so I had my first ultrasound on Monday. And like, just tell me if it's twins. Like, is it twins? Like, I'm I'm all looking up. Like, for what reason does one test positive so early? (laughs) It's like the only reason I can find. Uh, All right, well, we will be holding out for you. Holding out. So then, what does this make your due date? It would be right now. It's July 31st, but apparently that changes a whole bunch. I think babies as they're measuring it, I guess. Yeah, I think babies. Yeah, yeah. So let's just quickly talk about um, the little community within the HA Society of pregnant people, which um, yeah. we didn't really quite expect. No, you know, we had, well, we we were like a month in. Yeah, and we had, and we had to start. So inside of the society, we have little statuses, mm-hmm. so you can be, um, I have HA, I'm recovered. Or I'm like waiting on my second, third. I'm in limbo. And there's like three statuses. At, and, or I'm a practitioner. And all of those people can apply that to their account. And in like within a few weeks, we had Erica pregnant, mm-hmm. Nikki pregnant, Hillary pregnant. You were pregnant day one. You, yeah. You, yeah you're, I came in. you're popping. Yeah. You could pop tomorrow. <laughs> pretend like it could happen. Um, yeah. So it was just like, well, I guess. <laughs> We made a group. I don't know. Like, why are you all pregnant? This is a group of HA people. Yeah. What the what the fuck? <laughs> but um so so just for everyone listening, we actually had our first community call and it was almost like I found my own like mom group of people mm. who've been through HA, uh, whether it got pregnant like Danny like took time. Uh, surprise pregnancy like me or people that were like yo we are gunning for it <laughs> you know like the first mm. month oh yeah yeah you know um and it's like I would just have to say I'm not one to seek out a mom's group or anything mm. like that but it was just so nice to like be on a call with a group of women that were like gone through similar journey you know same thing obviously different variations but it's just like you just kind of know that oh my gosh so everyone just kind of has this huge appreciation for the body and what it's doing even though and then now just going through this whole stage of um did you know that your body is doing this (laughs) did you notice this you know what I mean so it's just kind of like this this subgroup that, that like wind up coming to be and it's just so nice I I don't know I totally agree a part of me was like I want I wonder if I would enjoy mom groups with people who just like didn't go through this I I don't know same thing I thought the same thing I was like 
wow, like, they know the full journey. Like, they know, like, mm-hmm. the struggle of just even getting to, like, have your period, let alone get pregnant and then just walk through pregnancy together. So I think that's, like, pretty cool. So if you are um, someone who's had HA and you are a mom and you're looking for a awesome group of women who are also pregnant going through the same thing this could potentially yeah. be a place for you as well totally and if that's just your long-term plan come join us Absolutely. in the society yeah and then once you get pregnant we'll just pop you in the group <laughs> yeah yeah just think that like that's not like you don't like like your story or your journey with us doesn't end like once you get your period I mean again, I if it wants but you know but if you get pregnant like we're also there too <laughs> yeah ah so cool yes well thank you monday monday is your first ultrasound right Mm mm-hmm okay so it will just look like a dot ah well well we're excited to see that dot then (laughs) yeah there's like how many dots (laughs) yeah they're like this is your uterus i'm like where i don't know what i'm looking i'm looking at a sea of like i know yeah it's just black hole i know (laughs) I am just looking forward to it because it's it feels like the first like milestone that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Woo. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, Ashley. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Cool. Um, guys, go find Ashley at Ashley underscore Marie underscore Smith underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all know where to find me um danny sheriff for the aj podcast if you have questions about getting pregnant after H- having aj or just come chat congrats to her yes or yeah. that. Mm. <laughs> all right guys we'll see you guys later bye thank you so much for listening today guys please subscribe to the podcast and if you could head to itunes specifically and leave a rating or review that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with ha who are googling around to find the podcast really easily so if you do that you're doing a service to all of the women